0: Have you ever lost a listing? Have you ever just kind of gotten kicked in the stomach because you felt sure that you got a listing and uh, the rapport was incredible and then they call and tell you they listed with somebody else or even worse, they send you an email and tell you they've chosen someone else. It hurts, man, I know. It's happened to me tons of times and I hated it. And um, so because of that, I created a product called a certified listing agent. I got the eight top listing agents in the world and recorded their listing appointments. Everything, no holds barred, no secrets here, everything. And then after each listing appointment, we uh, discussed it and uh, created a course out of it. It's uh, over 10 hours of intense uh, video and it's for you to watch and never lose a listing again check it out there's a lot of free samples you can go in and see kind of what it's like before you uh, sign up for it Uh, rebusuniversity.com we also got the the uh, highly popular cta certified team agent with jeff Cohn, and that is how to build a massive team how jeff went from 80 to 580 units in four years and uh, what he does behind the scenes what forms he uses how his systems are run everything on the CTA Certified Team Agent, and many things to come. If you if you're interested, go to uh, RebusUniversity.com. Put yourself on the mailing list. There, uh, we have a price reduction course. We have a 101 ways to get uh, real estate leads for free. We have an ISA course coming out. Uh, a lead handling course, not not how to lead generate. There's there's a ton of courses that other people do on that, but this is how to efficiently capture leads and work with them. So uh, they have a couple of courses coming out on that aspect. So anyways, RebusUniversity.com. Check it out, guys. You'll be glad you did. Now on uh, with the show. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, I have a great guest today. Coming in live from, actually from Mexico, but out of uh, Kelowna, British Columbia. This is a great Cinderella story, guys. You're going to love it. He's got two houses, one in British Columbia, one in Mexico, and uh, we are talking, he is in Mexico today. I'm in South Carolina, and um, this is going to be some good stuff. Joel Sherlock is a real estate agent, real estate broker, real estate investor, and everything uh innovator tons of stuff going on in this guy's world so you're going to want to grab your papers and pencils uh, and uh take some good notes so without further ado joe welcome to pat hyben interviews real estate rock stars
1: hey pat thanks for having me on
0: hey joe why don't you give everybody a little bio a little rundown on you so they can get to know you better
1: Yeah, you bet. So, uh, you know, I mean, initially for me, I was, uh, I am a finance guy, but early on, you know, you run the numbers, do you buy or rent? And of course we rent or or purchase and and rent our properties out. But I initially started very early on, right out of of high school, bought a a terrible little condo in a bad part of town in in Kelowna and spent 98,000 bucks on it. And then put a, a small rental budget together and fixed it up and uh, bought it with a friend of mine. And six months in, the old story goes, you know, he met a girl and wanted to move in with her and told me that I should uh, buy him out of the property. So I laughed and said, uh, let me check the couch and, and see if I can find uh, any nickels to pay off the rest of this mortgage, but <laughs> ended up having to sell the property. And, uh, you know, six months in, we sold it for $145,000 in four days and, I thought, wow, that's kind of great. So, bought another unit myself this time and fixed it up. And then, uh, you know, shortly into my first year of college, everyone's telling me that I'm working to be a stockbroker and I'm going to be getting people coffee and getting yelled at and making thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 a year for a couple of years to get started. And I thought, well, you know what? These two real estate deals have been a lot of fun and uh, and made some good money. So... Off we went into the real estate world full time.
0: Just like that, right? You know, yeah, you know, you you, you (laughs) kind of learn, right? You're like, well, wait a minute, there's something here. You know, why not just stick with this because it's working? Absolutely.
1: So I I started on the you know buy, fix, and flip side, and then as the projects got larger, uh, you know, the bank wanted me to have a job, and I thought, well, I have a job. I'm flipping houses but they wanted me to have a more traditional paycheck job. So Mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, taking a position in the, in the car industry, um, opened a BMW store for, well, with one of my, my business mentors who was in the, in the car industry. And, you know, that gave me the flexibility to kind of come and go and got to check on my projects and and also provided a, a good income that the bank really liked to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. And then,
1: yeah. And then, as that grew, I ended up uh, my, one of my real estate brokers that I was working with. He and I had always talked about trading deals and, and talking real estate, and, and he was the one who sort of talked me into uh, getting into real estate full-time on the sales side. Uh, but I, I did it totally backwards. We actually started a small brokerage, a boutique brokerage in the Okanagan area, and I had actually invested in that business before I was licensed. So, I, I raced through the licensing program as quick as I could. And then, uh, you know, that was 10 years ago.
0: Wow. And um, now, were you a, an agent or were you just an investor at that point?
1: Uh, so, I, I was an investor in the brokerage, and yeah. then I got my license shortly thereafter. So, we sort of started the two, but the licensing program took some time for, for us to get through in BC
0: okay and then and then, once you got your license, did you go out and start selling houses?
1: yeah, you bet, yeah, so we we were building the brokerage, and then I also you know very early on I, I I made the decision that I'd rather have you know an assistant and the obligation to create more deals you know and and not to be processing all the paperwork, and that wasn't my strong suit at all, so you know I got an assistant very early on, and then we ramped up our leads and and then brought on a buyer's agent quite quickly.
0: Okay, and then uh, this was about nine years ago now, and you're you're getting into real. You're like, hey, I'm in the real estate game, and so you started building up a team, right? Yeah,
1: you bet. I was in the you were in the real estate game. You know, got our volume from about 35 deals in in the first year up to about 50 55 uh, with just me and an assistant, and then brought on our buyer's agent got that up to 60 70 and then uh, brought in a second buyers agent and then surpassed
0: the 100 and this this is all happening right at the at the peak or right at the tipping point where the, sh- the shit hits the fan in, in the US and eventually trickles to Canada right so you're getting in at the you're getting in happy times and then pretty fast uh, things start slowing down
1: yeah, you bet. I mean, I, I knew the industry from an investor in that skyrocketing market where you could do no wrong. And then, uh, you know, as soon as I got in on the license side as, as an agent, um, you know, it was definitely a, a quite a different song. But, you know, it, it certainly, uh, it was to learn all, all the good habits and of, of figuring out how to sell real estate in a very slow market. And then as, you know, Kelowna is actually a very hot market right now. But, uh, you know, certainly took
0: some time for it to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then you did something interesting I want to talk about. Like you, you're you're only in the real estate. I mean, you come from the car world, essentially. You're in the real, you get in the real estate game as an agent. And then a couple of years in, you're high minded enough to say, hey, listen, this market is down. And I think it's, it's, it's a good time to buy. So you collect 32 million dollars from friends family investors whatever in canada and go to arizona in the states and start buying up little houses so so and this is 2009 2010 when when nobody wanted to touch them you got reos going crazy what, what made you do that? Like, how, what kind of analysis? Uh, did, did you get lucky or did, or did you actually sit down and say, what? you know, I'm conscious of this?
1: You know, what, to, to, in, to be totally honest on it, the first time we went down, it was a, a client. Uh, He's an orthopedic surgeon and a, and a good friend of mine. You know, he said, hey, I'm, I'm going down with a couple of buddies. We're going to golf. Um, get away from the winter. If you've ever been through a Canadian winter, you'd kind of understand that that's really appealing to get a little sunshine and golf in the middle of uh, January, February timeframe. And so I, I went down just purely for a vacation. And uh, you know we ended up going through seventy houses together. And and more so, I was just sort of tagging along. A lot of their buddies had gone down, bought houses. Some got deals. Some you know didn't didn't get such great deals. And uh, you know, I remember about the third or fourth house in, you know, we're talking huge sale prices of, you know, last sale was seven hundred thousand, mortgage balance is five hundred and seventy five thousand, and we're looking at a list price of three hundred and twenty five thousand and we're talking about a bid of two hundred and fifteen. <laughs> and I've just thought, like, this is so crazy when you know, when we compare it, we didn't see anything like that in in our correction in the Canadian market. And so it was just total shock initially. And then, you know, as we start talking a little bit more about it, I'm going, well, okay, you know, it, there was huge demand, like that market was eating up 37,000 starts a year. And in the meantime, the rental market was incredibly strong, like we were talking about 10% cash-on-cash cash returns. Hmm. And so, I mean, it, the thesis was really simple. But, you know, here's a market that has a lot of demand were buying property left the replacement value. You know, if someone gave us a lot next door, we couldn't build what we were getting for the price we were paying. And in the meantime, we'd get a great cash-on-cash cash return until the market came back. The only thing was, who knows when that will be. And so we, we came back and started sharing that story. And, uh, you know, myself and, and a couple of partners, actually, out of uh, Alberta and B.C., you know, ended up putting this this fund together. And it was, you know, larger than I, I think we'd initially thought, the demand for, you know, access to that Arizona market on the West Coast. And, and, you know, on the East Coast, it was very similar. When you look at Winnipeg, where I'm originally from, you know, they were buying up Florida. Well, Kat, BC and Alberta were really heavy into Arizona. So there was a lot of demand to get down there, but not a lot of expertise as to how to, buy the right properties or where to find the the reno guys or the rehab teams. And you know, so it was actually, you know, it was a lot of fun.
0: It's interesting that you guys, you know, in, you know, from a Canadian perspective, you're looking down at, at the U S and saying, or at least in Arizona in the U S and saying, we don't see these waves, right? Well, you, you might be now, but you, before you hadn't seen these (laughs) waves and, it's foreign to you, and it's it's uh, something interesting that you could watch. Meanwhile, people in the U.S. were caught right in the middle of it. And I think the common uh, psychology of when things are bad, everyone thinks things are going to get worse. When things are good, everyone thinks things are going to get better if you're inside it. But if you're outside it, you can look at a a, a worse thing and say, man, that's going to get better. And I think you guys were able to do that, being from Canada, among other reasons. So now, now let's talk about modern day. Let's, so here we are, almost 10 years later, say eight years later, right? You're, you're selling these now, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what? I mean, we're selling them, we're, we're almost completely out. So what, and, what, uh, what, what um,
0: would that $32 million, What what's that worth?
1: Well, like we made 10% cash on cash returns. We saw an average appreciation of about 27,
0: 27 and a half. Um, but, a year I mean, the real or total? And,
1: no, 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 over, overall.
0: Oh, okay. So um, so over but, eight uh, years. So you really only sold, you only get like 3 or 4% a year appreciation. But when you add in the 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 profits of the cash flow, you've got another 80. So your internal rate of return was what?
1: Well, but and here's the kicker: most of that money we brought down at par or better, and now we're getting out at a dollar thirty-two, dollar thirty-seven back. So there's another.
0: Oh, so you know, what you're saying? 40%. Most of that. Oh, I see. Most of that money you when the U.S. dollar equaled the Canadian dollar, you bought, and now that the 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 U.S. dollar is worth a twenty-five percent more or so than the Canadian dollar you're selling, so you're actually making even more on that. So you're making 27% appreciation, 25% appreciation on the dollar, and had a 10% return every year while you owned it.
1: You bet. So it's actually, it's close to about a 32% return on the dollar. Okay. And then a 10% cash on cash every year, and then uh, some some solid appreciation. So it was definitely a home run for, for those investors, without a doubt.
0: Now, are you taking the, taking, taking the gains and paying taxes on that, or are you guys reinvesting it?
1: So we're, uh, some of our LP holders have, have taken that money and, and paid taxes on it and taken the money out. Um, you know, we're, we're currently looking at a lot of deals in the U.S. space in commercial real estate, um, you know, build to suit uh, some warehouses, some strip malls, um, and then some multifamily. And then some of the money's come back into Canada, and, and you know I'm trying to divest myself and, and get more into the commercial side now. Um, just safer returns, and, and in, in the Canadian market, um, the tenancy laws favor a commercial landlord much more than they favor a, a, a residential landlord.
0: So you guys just, you took the money in, you said we cashed out. You distribute it to the different LLCs who had invested, and then it's up to them to do whatever the hell they want with that money. It's not, it's not like you're taking that fund and reinvesting within the fund.
1: You bet. yeah. That that fund is now getting closed down, and now Got a it. lot of guys are are coming back to us, and and you know we're we're oh. working together again.
0: Working in, in, let's get a new fund together. Fascinating. Okay, so now you let's bet. let's get back to your uh, Canadian real estate <laughs> here. So tell me about your brokerage company that you started and tell me about your real estate team. What kind of numbers were they throwing off simultaneously with you doing all these investments? So like today, like like last year, last 12 months, how many houses did your team sell?
1: Last 12 months were, you know, if we took a rolling average from today back 12 months, we're going to be about 96 houses. Okay. And our average price point there is about uh 575,000.
0: Okay, that's decent. And what would you say yeah. what, what would you say your ECI on that is, Joel, your ego commission income?
1: <laughs> uh, ego commission income for the whole team would be just under a million.
0: Okay. And then what was your profit on that?
1: Take home We actually so as as we were talking, you know, a lot of our business is repeat and referral. So we invest significantly into our client base. Uh, so, but we end up taking home about seventy-one percent.
0: So, what, who's we? Like, what does that mean? Seventy? What, because that's really high. So, do you do you have any team members that you got to pay out?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah. So, so after
0: they're paid out, two you know
1: you two here? buyers agents. So oh, after they're paid yeah, out, yeah. After so everybody's paid, what are you in, left with? Yeah. Oh, it leaves leaves me with about four hundred and seventy five
0: thousand. All right, there you go. So, say forty seven percent. But I'm that's
1: also cool. selling.
0: Right. And you've included that in there. Correct. Yep. Okay. All right. So as an active agent, you got a 47% uh, profit margin. And then you also had this brokerage and uh, what's going on with that brokerage? And what's it called, by the way?
1: Yeah. So the so the brokerage is called, well, it is still uh, Vantage West Realty. You know, myself and uh, my business partner, AJ Hazy, founded that and grew it to the largest independent in the market. Um, and then... Four and a half years ago, I ended up selling my my interest in the brokerage, um, and moved my team over to uh, a small Remax office. Hmm. And I, you know, the Remax office in that area is the largest, and then we have a satellite in the downtown core.
0: Cool. So you're with Remax now. You sold out four years ago. Largest independent. You kind of watched him grow from just you two to how many agents?
1: Uh, at the peak, we had seventeen, so it was still a very small office.
0: Okay, so you're in a kind of a, a small, um, like where exactly are you in British Columbia?
1: So right between Calgary and Vancouver, in uh, in Canada's Napa, you know, like definitely a, a second home market. Population of about one hundred and seventy five thousand in the summer probably balloons to about three hundred thousand. Okay, and we've got homes there from. Two hundred and twenty thousand to twenty-two million.
0: Sounds like a nice place, Kelowna.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Yeah, no, you can just quick Google search, and uh, you know some of the photos don't even look real.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So, would you say that do you make more money uh, selling houses in Kelowna, or do you think over average over time you made more money with your investments?
1: If I were to total it all up, I've made more money on my investments.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And, you know, the investments... And now that's been a... You know, without the real estate income, I would not have been able to amass the investments. So, you know, they they certainly run hand in hand.
0: Well, yeah. I think that's interesting that you say that because I think some people... And they might be right. I, I mean, uh, certainly there's people that are right, but but uh, I think there's a lot of people out there thinking I'm going to just be an investor only. But it, the reality of it is, a lot of us, uh, myself included, you know, went through a process where you make the money first, save wisely, live below your means, and then invest, uh, rather than jumping yeah. through all that and saying I'm going to borrow this money and I'm going to invest. And I'm going to just make money on flips or or buy and holds or whatever, and it's going to be completely leveraged. And those are the people that going to get they're going to get hurt, you know, when the market does change. But maybe exactly, maybe we don't know. But it's just a different. I'm glad that you you pointed that out. So let's talk about your team a little bit. So what, like, how are you guys getting business? You sold 91 houses. You got a nice average sale price. You're pulling in half a million bucks profit you know what are you doing to make that half a million a year
1: delivering value to our clients and 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 essentially to our teams as well so uh you know just really trying to find uh, additional ways to be innovative and and help our clients you know like what led us down into Arizona was part let's get away for a vacation and part of you know maybe some of our expertise in not knowing anything about the Arizona market when we initially went down, but just really trying to look after our clients and and really be that trusted advisor. Um, so you know, for us, we're we're always you know we do some great client parties. Um, you know, we do. I feel we do phenomenal client gifts, like really personalized stuff that's you know just tailored to each person. You know, we really spend the time to listen, take those notes, record you know, favorite wines or favorite places for dinner or, or just different things that we can do that are special and tailored to those clients and, and, and really make passionate advocates for us, but also give a lot of value back, so.
0: Hmm, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it makes a lot of sense. So of, of the 91, how many would you say are repeat and referral?
1: Uh, so repeat referral transactions make up about 68 69% of our volume.
0: So most, and, and
1: a large, the large majority of that is, um, you know, from, from a core group of, of sort of our walking, talking billboards, you know, people who are phenomenally active in the community and really great advocates for us. And, you know, we were, we're very quick and, and deliver great value. You know, if they call and say, Hey, my friend's thinking of um, selling, you know then we'll show up full marketing report ready and just really blow that person away so that number one you know that'll always get back to the referrer um, you
0: mean without and, even and really talking to them? without even talking to the guy do you just show up at well, their house you like? know we
1: want to make sure that we want to make sure that when we show up to talk to that person we have done our homework we've got our ducks in a row you know we we're, we're providing value from that very first meeting not sitting down with them going, okay so you're thinking of selling you know tell me about this house you know of course we don't have all the information initially for that first meeting but at least we've started the process and we've got our homework together you know, maybe we've got some general sales from the area. It really depends on how much you're information acting as, you're came kinda, over in that referral.
0: Yeah, you're kind of acting as if, rather than sitting there saying, "Tell me about it." You're just saying, "Look, you know, I've done some. I've, I've gone out and done the research myself. I've, you know, looked into the situation to save you some time." Da da da. I like that.
1: Exactly. And, and for us, it's worked out. It's worked out very well because. Typically, we might not be the only real estate team or real estate professional that they're talking to about that sale or that purchase or that investment, but I can assure you the majority of times we're the most prepared and and come across the most professionally.
0: Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So now you spend your time in Mexico and British Columbia, right? Yep. And so how much time are you in Mexico? How much time are you in British Columbia?
1: Oh, uh, you know what? This this trip, I'm down two weeks. I, uh, you know what? I'd say the lion's share of my time right now is, is still in British Columbia. I mean, we got some exciting projects on the go there, and uh, you know, in years past, we actually helped a client sell a resort in in Belize. So I was spending some time in in that area. So you know, for me, I I usually go where the deals are. <laughs>
0: So what, what does that mean to help the client sell a house? I mean, do you have to be licensed in Belize or, or is it there's no rule of law like anybody can call themselves an agent? I, if someone asked me to sell a house in Belize, you know, my gut reaction, let's say you're with Remax. So I would look up in the Remax referral roster and just try to get a 25 percent referral fee. I don't know if I would have the, the guts to, to say, OK, I'll be your agent. So how do you do that?
1: So more so, we, we worked with a local agent, but really quarterback, because, you know, selling a business like that, a lot of it is getting the business ready for sale, you know, making sure that the numbers and the information and everything is available for those purchasers to really, you know, especially when it's an asset in Belize like that, you know, you have to be able to convince someone initially that it's, it's a good enough investment and here's how we came up with the price. And, you know, here are the sales trends and where the where the market's coming from and and then get them to actually get out and, and get on site uh, into Belize. But, you know, my, my instinct when they first brought that to me, that was a client we'd done a number of deals with in the interior. And, you know, my initial reaction was, no, thank you. You know, that really yeah. I don't know anything about right. it. Yeah, I've yeah. never even I been mean, to Belize.
0: As would pretty and, much everybody listening. Yes.
1: Exactly, and and it was just through her her persistence. And she said, "You know what? You've helped us through a lot of, you know, we we helped them out of some some creative solutions. You know, we did a rent own on one property, and and really we've just
0: was really it a, got was it a hotel? And, and
1: got the got the job done for it was yeah, it's a hotel and uh you know it was actually on a private island, so there was a hotel section and then a bunch of uh, casitas,
0: casitas twenty two. Oh, wow. So what like I, I was at Ambergris K recently was it just like yeah it was it near there like a bunch of it was kind of like that where you had to take a boat or a private island
1: exactly and actually it's it's uh oh it would probably be a 20-minute boat ride from ambergus and it was on saint george's cave
0: okay yep and somebody bought it
1: yeah actually you know what it it ended up uh you know it was a, a group of ours out of toronto and they were uh you know commercial real estate investors and You know, we had reached out to them, and they said the initial same thing as well. Nope, we don't have any assets in Belize, nor do we want any. And then, uh, you know, we ended up some more discussion and and some more, you know, just clarifying those numbers and and how great of a deal it was. Because, you know, I I really did believe that it was great value, and it was a great investment. Um, You know, it's just our partners at the time wanted out of it. So, you know, the Toronto Group, uh, you know, park vacation and, and... sales uh trip you know they, they actually brought their group out and uh ended up uh, making an offer on it
0: and and so what's something like that sell for
1: oh uh, it was two just just under
0: two million all right so that's not bad right two million bucks you can buy an island in belize <laughs> with a bunch of houses That'd on make money it, right? a bunch of casitas on it right yeah and, and then like a, little, a main house yeah. yeah, I mean, is there any concern that you know um, the Belize government? You know, because I've seen some document—I saw some documentaries on McAfee and and the Belize government, and you know that whole thing with the McAfee antivirus and uh, and uh, how just just the whole story behind it. I'm not going to get into it, but but you know, would there be any concern that the Belize government would just just oh. take it over? You know, take it from you. I mean, how are I- you protected like that?
1: Well, I mean, you, you look at, and, and anytime you're doing deals in any jurisdiction you're not comfortable with, you got to know the rules, and, you know, I'm sitting out here looking at the ocean in, in Mexico, and, you know, with the Vicente Fox Treaty, you can now own property off the waterfront, but you still, you know, as a foreigner, can't own Mexican waterfront in full. And so, you know, there are a lot of rules, and Belize definitely has its, you know, its challenges. For sure. Uh, But, you know, for us, it was just working with great teams. And that was, you know, one of the big benefits of of having a REMAX behind us is now that, you know, we have that global network and and people that we can reach out to if if we are looking to invest or purchase or sell or do something in a market that that we're not comfortable in or, or that we're not experts in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like anything, right? You know, uh, you, you you do your due diligence and you, you deal with the customs and you, you deal with the government and the way you, you deal with it and that's the risk you take. And, yeah, it's possible, but, yeah, it's fascinating. That's that's great. And that's probably why, you know, it's priced accordingly, right? Because the barrier to entry is such Absolutely. that a lot of people are scared to death of it. 100%.
1: Yeah, yeah and that's why, you know, for us, we were – just that the way that we parceled and packaged that information was was really key, you know, especially because you want to admit that there are some challenges, but we've offset it in this price. You know, you kind of own the weaknesses of of that asset.
0: Yeah, interesting. Okay, so now let's jump into innovation. Like you've gotten, created this House Harmony thing, which almost feels like it's a, it's a dating service instead. It's it's like a take on (laughs) eHarmony, but it's House Harmony. So tell me about this. Well, yeah, I
1: wouldn't use the term house dating. I might be in some trouble there with uh, eHarmony, but House Harmony for us really, really came out of. You know, for years now, and and we started in the slow markets of, you know, we found that most people selling real estate are selling real estate to purchase something else. I'm selling my condo to buy a house. I'm selling my three bedroom to buy a five bedroom. I'm selling my five bedroom. Kids have gone out to school and downsizing to a townhouse. You know, so we trained all of our agents to get information on where they're going next. So, you know, I mean, that's good information for us to have. We would keep lists that we would call haves, you know, what they have to sell and wants. And and then we'd sit down as a group and, and play a, a, a big game of go fish. You know, I've got someone who's listing their penthouse and wants to get onto the waterfront. Well, once we got those lists large enough and really just put this into our culture, you know, we started to find... Oh, hey, I've got someone who's on the waterfront who's looking to get into that penthouse. So then, you know, it's great value to our clients. We would explain the system to them. You know, we keep these lists. And if we have someone who has what you want and wants what you have, do you want to see that property? And of course, we'd get a resounding yes, and off we went. And we just, you know, essentially we would set up a viewing so that the owner of the penthouse would see the waterfront home, the owner of the waterfront home would see the penthouse and we'd see if we can facilitate a deal. Clients loved it because it was creative, it was innovative, and you know, it was an additional hook in the water if you will. And you know, now that our market is is really heating up, we we use it a little bit differently where a lot of clients in a hot market, you know, are worried about putting their home up on the MLS because it's going to sell and then they have nowhere to go. So they'll be shopping but they won't have listed their home yet. So we, you know, again, we sit down with them and take info on what they have, what they want, and maybe we can find two off-market properties who who are a perfect fit for each other. But as we sort of started to grow these lists, you know, much like that game of memory where you flip the cards over, you know, with 10 or 100 cards, it's (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty easy to find the matches. But as, as the list started to get larger and, and we started to work with other brokers from, from other offices and, and, you know, make that game of go fish even larger, uh, you know, we really thought that we needed a, a computer system to help us do this matching.
0: Like an algorithm. You know, that
1: way we're not sitting there. Exactly. Because, you know, as soon as you... It, it takes a lot of time as well to sit there and... and so, so is this only you know, available in Canada? From the office? Uh, so, you no, know, we're rolling it out in select markets. You know, we're, We've opened it up in Arizona now because we have a lot of contacts out there. We've got some, some great brokers using it in New York, so we're just opening it up uh, by market because each market we really do need to do some customization, right? Sure. Because a good match in, uh, in Calgary, in the rural area, Outside of Calgary, you know, five or six mile radius might be totally acceptable. That would still be a great match. But in New York, five or six miles can totally ruin a
0: match. Let me ask you a question. This may be a dumb question, but like, do you have Zillow there?
1: Uh, In Canada, we don't.
0: You don't have Zillow. Okay, so in the U.S., Zillow, uh, do you know what Zillow is?
1: Yeah, very familiar.
0: Okay, so they've pretty much done this, right? Like they've... You know, they allow for sale by owners to put their house in Zillow. And with so many consumers, I don't know what the percentage is. uh, And with such powerful search engine uh, money, right? You know, you look up an address. And truly in Zillow, the first two to show up, right? It's just so much money going into the search engines um, that, you know, by the time Remax shows up, it's like 15th, right? So, so, you know, the listing agent with Remax way down there. Or so, so people go to Zillow and then the Fizbo shows up, you know, they got these things on there. Make me move which is somebody who's not even a FISBO, but somebody who is, you know, said, if I can get my price, I'll move. And they got all kinds you of better. stuff, right? Pre-foreclosures, you, know, de- you know, in default, whatever. So that serves as a kind of a house harmony almost, right? You just put in what you want and you get everybody. So well, how are you any different?
1: Yeah, yeah So actually very, very different. So we're, we're essentially a closed resource, so, you know, unless like, like a dating site, let's, let's go down. You, you brought that analogy up, and I think it's a great one. You know, you can't just go and comb through a dating site and, and pick the, the girl or, or guy that you want to reach out to. You know, those profiles have to be matched. So for us, we use House Harmony as, as a tool alongside our traditional marketing. So we put in a profile for what the client has and what the client wants, and then it, it never shows up anywhere. It's not searchable. It's not unless there's a match. So unless I have a client in a, in a house looking to downsize to a townhouse, and you've put in a client who has a townhouse looking to get into a house in the areas and the price points match, so it's going to email it's me only, it's, and it's, you.
0: It's only for people that want to trade houses.
1: Uh, well, it's only for people who are selling a piece of property to buy something else.
0: Okay. Which see, we I, found I, was
1: about 70, 75% of the market.
0: Okay. So, see, that's the part I missed, and I apologize. So, basically, it's only, you know, I got this, let's trade. I'll give you my house and 50 grand, and you give me your house. You bet. Interesting. Okay. And then do the real estate agents get cut out, or how's that? How's that work?
1: Oh, no, no. It's, I mean, it, it emails me, the real estate agent, and you, the real estate agent, and then we set up those showings, and it's actually just a buy and a sell matched with a buy and a sell. So the beauty of it is there's actually four commission checks in trade deals. Hmm.
0: And how often is this happening? I mean, it's, oh, so we'll, we'll do
1: probably 10 to 15 trade deals uh, every year, and that's okay. just in, in, in our team. But it's also because you know, we're quite active with it. Um, but where we find a lot of value in it is in those listing appointments, you know, in that initial meeting with a buyer when they're interviewing multiple agents, you know, what are you going to do to sell my house? Well, here's our website, here's our web traffic, MLS exposure, you know, here's our advertising, here's our print ads, here's our web presence, here's our traffic. We track everything, and but that's those are almost platitudes, you know. There you're, we're competing. Here's our website and our traffic versus someone else's website and someone else's traffic. You know, we use MLS. Well, so do they. This is an additional piece that we can yeah. offer that clients really gravitate towards. They really love the outside of the box thinking.
0: Right. Well I'll
1: and whether you- or not whether or not they end up trading, it, it oftentimes gets us that listing which we sell the traditional way and move on.
0: This this is gonna work a lot better when the market slows, especially when the market is really slow, because essentially what it does is it allows you to be non contingent right nobody wants to go and you know put a ha- put a contract on a house have a 72 hour kick out and then put their house on the market then have somebody kick them out of that 72 hour kick out or be on the market for 6 months and in a, in a crappy market you know it's realistic to be on the market 6 10 12 months so this is a way to say look Let's not get on the market for a long period of time. Let's not put a sign in the yard. Let's not go through all this stress and aggravation like all our neighbors are doing. Let's only find somebody who will buy our house, make us non-contingent so that we can get a loan and buy that house and streamline it in, you know, 30, 60 days, you know, start to finish uh, rather than, you know, wait forever. So it's going to be for those people that that. That want to get away from that stress. And I think now in this market, it's easier for them to just go to Zillow or MLS or whatever. But I think where it's really going to take well, off, like I said, is is once the market starts slowing, I think you really got something here.
1: Yeah, no. And, and that was initially like we started developing these trade strategies in slow markets. You know, how can we get creative and, and make deals happen? You know, what we found, though, is some of the biggest users of these systems and strategies have been really, really hot markets. Like, you know, the brokers in New York who are using this system are using it with buyers. So, you know, if, if they meet someone who has a really exclusive penthouse and, and they're looking to, they have a two-bedroom in that exclusive building and they're, they're looking to sell it and buy a three-bedroom, but they won't sell until you find them that three-bedroom. Well, most agents are just going to say, okay, I'll set you up a search. I'll keep an eye out on it. I'll call you if anything comes up. But they're probably having that conversation with 10, 20 realtors. Mm. Well, when that happens now, now they've got value they can offer them. Well, let me build you a profile here with what you have and what you want. And it matches up. And the only people who see it are the people in that building or in that, you know, in the meatpacking area or in Soho who have a 3 bedroom under 4 million and they want to downsize to a 2 bedroom. It's going to email me, I'm going to call you and let's see if if we can facilitate this deal, you know, on on non-listed properties. You know, that's actually been a been a huge asset for some of those brokers and and those are big price points and, you know, really exclusive deals.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I like it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all of Joel's information on hybendigital.com backslash Joel Sherlock, and that's S-H-E-R-L-O-C-K, like Sherlock Holmes, hybendigital.com backslash (laughs) Joel, J-O-E-L, Sherlock, uh, I'll put a link to House Harmony, I'll put a link to everything we talked about today there and joe listen this has been great man i appreciate you taking time out of your beautiful morning in mexico there uh, on the water so thanks so much and uh listen hopefully um you know in the near future maybe we can get together and break some bread
1: hey i look forward to it thanks so much for having me on pat
0: you're welcome